Hey, welcome to the Social Club Misfits podcast. I'm Hannah. Um, I'm not Fern or Marty, but they are here with me. And um, this is the first episode of the Social Club Misfits podcast. Let's go! So the Super Bowl was on Sunday night. Is that correct? Yes. So... Have, did you guys watch it? What were your plans? Did you place bets? I, I definitely saw it. Um, I guess to me, I wasn't really watching it for the game. I was watching to see Rihanna perform, of course. Um, she killed it. Uh, we were laughing. Me and Hannah were laughing uh, during setup because it's funny how so many people did not like her performance. And so many people were like, she was wearing red and that's demonic. And I was like, wow, we've got this place where the color red is demonic. You know, they were going to go straight into it. You know what I'm saying? I knew that was going to happen immediately. They were going to nitpick it from the beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Even the, even, even, uh, what's his name? One of the comedians was like, Hey, where was Jay and Kanye at? Where are you going? How are you going to go out there without Kanye and Jay? Um, but yeah, I know a lot of people were scrutinizing that performance, um, from beginning to end. Especially after all the last the last cultural things that have been going on with Kanye, Balenciaga, all the different things that had just kind of been going on and just using kind of, uh, what do they do? Uh, symbolisms. And people have just really been into their symbolisms lately and really just been looking to see what's next. I think my question is like, has symbolism ever like actually made sense of anything? You know, like people are always like, well, there's symbolism. Has it ever like just generated or anything? I, I just feel like... As culture moves, like people are always gonna take something and then make it trendy. Like, do you remember when like upside down crosses were a whole thing? Yin yang signs. I, I remember I had a shirt that like on the corner had like a little yin yang, and my mom was like, You gotta burn that. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Christian culture will do. That's what Christian culture will do. It'll make you burn the yin yang. I grew up with the same mother, so the same type of mother. So it's exactly that. And I just, I don't know, I feel like. A lot of this stuff is, um, I, I don't know if it's like, people say it's like subliminal messaging. I don't know. But what's the, what's like, what would be like the top three band things from the, like the, that, like Christian culture, like not biblical, but you know how like the church has trends. What's like the top three things in each of your lives that has been banned? Secular music was banned. Secular music. Simpsons. The Simpsons, are Simpsons banned. was banned. Oh, really? What is this stuff like, you know, like Twilight or Harry Potter, all that stuff? I guess there's just so many things that some things they just want to nip in the bud. They got There's so many things going on now in culture. I guess it's, if I was to say why, I don't know, because at, at the end of the day, I know that, and you know me, Marty, part of my testimony was that I felt that I was oversheltered and stuff. So I'm not a big oversheltered, but I am a big protector and I'm a big, you know, watcher of what my kids consume. Um, you know what I mean? So it, it's just a big, there's just a lot going on. And I feel like sometimes there's just so much going on that maybe they just nip it in the bud from inception. Like even now we hear talks of like, oh, they might ban TikTok. And, you know, so people probably already trying to be like, ah, you don't even need it. They're about to ban it and kind of just nip it in the bud. I don't have to deal with that. Now I don't have to deal with that. You know what I'm saying? Kind of that, kind of that, you know, but it's subjective. You know, I feel like uh, a lot of this stuff is subjective. Even the symbolism, like you might have somebody like, uh, like how you were saying how you didn't see how maybe the color red could be deemed like that. But then you have somebody on the other side who immediately, you know, matches it up with that. And it's going to be like, there's no way she wore red. It's over. One one of the theories that I have behind like a lot of reasons why like Christians ban things is because they don't. I don't think for the most part, most Christians even read the Bible. That's just my personal stance. 
of being like inside of the church for this long, even working, which I think is as a problem. I think that it's important to know what you believe and why you believe. So I think that like even the idea that the devil is red. Is there any scripture that says the devil's red? No, no. I, I mean, I, I mean, but it's the thing is you're choosing what you assign. Yeah, we all assign value to different things, and we we choose how we perceive something. So if someone chooses to see red as demonic, and someone chooses to see red as the blood of Jesus, it gives a good indication of where their heads at and what they're focused on. I'm actually looking it up right now. Like I'm looking. It's funny. I'm on Billy Graham dot net dot yeah org <laughs> dot ka ca all right it says the bible doesn't exactly tell us what the devil looks like the pictures you see him with horns and a red suit and so forth come from an artist's imagination this is billygram.ca um similar pictures have been around for hundreds of years however they're meant to warn people about satan um, so basically they're giving us a bad representation of even what the devil looks like. I think that it even goes, if you want to take it a step further, like, is the devil even scary looking? Nah. Scripture tells, it's scripture says he was a beautiful man. He was a beautiful, beautiful creature. Well, you have to think he was an angel first. Number one. Yeah. Are angels good looking? Exactly. And you know what? That's a great, that's a great question, bro. Cause you know, I've seen actually, uh, I've seen some illustrations and I know AI would freaking kill it right now, but I've seen some illustrations of like what angels would really look like if you went exactly how the Bible depicts them. 45 Need eyes. Need that one with the spinning globe inside the middle. Like it was insane. I love how we started this with the, with the Super Bowl. We ended up here. I love that. <laughs> I realized when I got saved that like Christian culture existed and I wanted to know more about it. There was Chris, there was a lot. Yo, I'm going to be honest because I was on Christian hip hop early since 88. I was on it since Michael Peace and Stephen Wiley. Bro, there was CHH always, really? bro. Uh, Idol Twins, dy- I mean, Dynamic Twins, yeah. uh, ETW, SFC. I mean, be t- Tonal Rats, of course. But there was like so many different groups. I had all their tapes. D-Boy Rodriguez, who's being spoken about like lately, recently. Um, I had... Bro, there was never a lack of. Where did you get that? Where did you get it? By the way, bro, at the Bible bookstores. But let me say this: shout out the eighty nine point seven. I don't even know if you guys are still doing the same thing. It was WMCU eighty nine point seven on Friday nights? You know how like our boy used RJ used to have three hours. Eighty nine point seven had three hours on Friday nights and Saturdays of hip hop, and they played Christian hip hop, bro. And I used to record it on my tape deck, bro. I used to put two pieces of paper on the corner of my dad's sermons. Sometimes you know what I mean. Shout out the pop. Dad, you helped me, bro. You took me to the top, man. Listen, so yeah, and I would record it and they had the best hip hop. There was never, there's never been, just like hip hop, there's so much hip hop now. When I look back, there wasn't social media, but me looking back, I was never like, dang, I wish there was so much. There was a lot. What was the name of the Christian bookstore you'd go to? Uh, I'm going to tell you, um, Cornerstone. Cornerstone. Cornerstone was a good bookstore. Was it Hollywood? Nah, it was like on Griffin Road. It was on Griffin Road in uh in da- I don't I don't know if I- Dania. I guess you could call it Dania. You know, but it was Cornerstone um in the late nineties. <laughs> there was always. Did you guys ever have that in a UK, Hannah? Like Christian bookstores? Is that we had something? Christian bookshops. So there was this one called Wesley Owen, and uh-huh. it was like a chain of stores. And my parents used to go there all the time. Um, and I was obsessed with like the kids section and all the little, like, what would Jesus do bands and stuff? Well, like they that. always had, they had an option for everything. If you love Eminem. I don't know. I just want to like put it out there that like, I feel like American Christian culture is so much more like put together. Like they have so many more options. Yeah. Whereas, there's like, more money. Like, the UK, there's more money opportunities for, I mean, like, you know, we I see just, it and we're like, yeah, it, let's make some money <laughs> off that. I feel like we had all the tools, but like, why is it that, 
uh, this generation doesn't want to serve God. One thing I want to say, like, you know me, I'm, I, I grew up a pastor's son, so not only did, I mean, I had to go to church. So I, I was, you know, I grew up going to church. That's all I knew. Um, but one thing now and having that history behind me and having, you know, everything I went through. One million percent. And, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I, I feel for the most part, you want to, you need to introduce God from the home from, and that's not being done. Um, we, we have a total, maybe a couple generations now, maybe definitely one, maybe a couple generations now who are, you know, who are just being brought into the world and just thrusted into the world without any knowledge of God, you know, without any knowledge of God, you, you don't really have any, I don't know. It gets it gets a little muddy, you know. Like I said, it's all subjective. But for the most part, I feel like you got to introduce them from the home front. You know, it's tough to it's tough to really um, see them out here in this world right now. It's tough. I think that one of the reasons why uh, our generation doesn't has not experienced God. I think considering that the last generation had every tool, every book, every album, Carmen, the the, the peak of Hillsong, the yeah. peak of Planet Shakers, the peak of Elevation, they have every they had everything. I mean, we had a lot of stuff growing up, but like we just I don't know. There's some there was a gap there. When I think about Christian culture, people for the most part, it's something to make fun of, and I don't think they're making fun of God. I think they're making fun of the people that are. Um, that are sharing the gospel. It's it, they're they're more of a joke. God's not a joke, but we've made God a joke the way we treat him and the way that we approach Christ like are Christians known to be the ones that help the widow? Are Christians the ones known to be helping the homeless and the people who need help? Or are we known as the ones who don't like this, don't like that, don't like, you know, I do that, you know, I do that. Like what are we known for as Christians? That to me is a bigger conversation that needs to be had because we're losing a generation because we've heard they've heard all the sermons, right? You've heard all the greatest sermons. My issue is that have they seen the people where Jesus has actually worked through their lives and been like, oh, that's somebody right there that like I think growing up, we all had those people where we would see certain people and be like, Man, that is a man of God. That's a woman of God. Like when I think of Beth Moore, right? That's just a random person that I I love Beth Moore. When I think of Beth Moore, I think of like somebody who, man, her devotionals are great. Like she shares the word of God in a very practical way. She doesn't make it look weird. She doesn't make it look off or anything like that. But like that's somebody that could be like, man, I, I love seeing God use somebody like that. And they speak to me. Or like I think of like a Nikki Cruz, like a lot of us grew up on the Nikki Cruz story. I don't, do you know, Hannah, who Nikki Cruz is? Nikki Cruz was a part of the Mau Mau gang. It's a big Puerto Rican gang. And he was the head of the gang. And they were they were terrorists. Those guys were in wild. Um, in every sense of the word gang, they were a gang. Yeah. Um, my mom would even tell me stories about like they would chop heads off, like crazy that's stuff. A, yeah, that's right. And so the leader of this gang got saved. Um, what was the guy's name, Fern? It was a, a Wilkerson. Um, David Wilkerson. He, he, the guy, go, he walked up to Nikki Cruz and was like, uh, son, I have a message from Jesus. And I would, you got to know, mm. you know, he's sharing the gospel. And so this guy go, pulls out a knife and goes, I'm going to chop you up in a million pieces right now. And then David Wilkerson was like, listen, you can chop me up in a million pieces. And each piece of that is still going to say, Jesus loves you and I love you. And that shocked him to, to hear that. And it see, like, because I think that we've heard all the sermons we need to hear, but we haven't seen the people that conduct themselves and carry the presence of God on a day-to-day basis. So it looks off when you see somebody you know, it looks, it, it's actually normalized that Christians are hypocrites. 
And I think that that's another, that's another conversation where it's like, how did we get to the point now where Christians have to be perfectionists? And so then, you know, it's like all these, these strongholds I see in my mind that are preventing a generation from believing and experiencing God in a fresh way because of all the stuff that we've done to make, you know, to make Christianity cool. It's actually backfired on us, you know. And what I realized too, man, it's real practical for me too as a dad. Is like I could tell, I could lecture Santino till he's blue in the face, but if I'm not gonna do it, like they're gonna, they're not gonna remember what you said. They're gonna remember what you did. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of times I could be like, hey, Santino, you, if you want to play ball, come get me. I'll be over here. I'll be in the studio. This and that. Now nah, for the most part, I'll just be like, I'll just initiate it, you know, and just just start playing ball with him. But for the most part, so he could see that it wasn't, it was, Hey, you got to be asked or you got, no, it's just something that we did, you know, and we just start doing it. Um, but yeah, man, for the most part, they're going to remember us for what we, what we did, the example that we set and, you know, and, and I, I started really thinking about that lately as my daughter gets older and stuff like that. Um, you know, I have a lot of talks with her way more than I used to now, now that she's on that level that I could really, you know, sit down and have combos with her. But I catch myself all the time. I'm like, yo, don't lecture her all the time. It's not going to be about that. You just make sure that when you're walking around her, you're showing her that that's the type of man. Like, I want to be the type of man that I would love for her to be in her future living room with. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I want I want her to be in, so in love with daddy that I'd be like, yo, I want, I want a man like daddy. You know what I'm saying? That he was just cool. But And one thing I will say that Ray Rock always said, and, and you, you started tapping into it. Yeah, that you started tapping into it. He's like, I always want my kids to know that when they see me, they know daddy's been with God. They know that I'm a man. They know it. They know it. just like right now, my son, he'll tell you, you, I'll turn around and my son will tell you, Hey, well, how does your daddy? Oh, he, alkaline. But he'll also tell you, you know what I'm saying? I want him to also tell you, yeah, but my father also is a man of God. He loves God. And, um, but yeah, man, it's definitely something that we have to set the tone and set the, set the fre- uh, fresh foot forward. Our example is always yeah, going to lead I, the way. I think, I think even taking that a step further, it's like, did your, did your dad always have to tell you that he's the best dad? No, he never did. He, he showed you he was the best dad, right? Like our dad, I don't remember one time my dad saying, am I the best dad or what? Like he didn't try to keep telling me. So it became like something I would say. He showed me in action. Listen, he loves me. And every opportunity he had, he showed me he loved me. And so I think that we could tell people, you got to be a Christian, but unless we actually show somebody, hey, this is what it looks like. This is how we conduct ourselves. This is where our worldview stems from. There's going to be an issue because we've heard all the sermons. It's time for us to have actual practicality. That's why actually I think that like, like I would love to, I, I wrote a movie, I wrote a movie called Youth Group. It's, 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 it's like mid nineties from Jonah Hill meets Perks of Being a Wallflower. And the whole idea was my experience going to church for the first time and seeing like people, it's it's a culture shock going to church for the first time. If you've never experienced God and you go to church, you're like, what the heck is going on? Especially you go to some churches, they're waving a flag and you're like, okay, <laughs> what's happening with the flag? What are those you know, little towels for? Yeah. What, why, why are people on the floor passed out? You know, if you don't have anybody to help you, I think it's really important that I, I really will say the only way to really see a generation that loves God is it has to be discipleship. And it has to be people living it out in every day. It doesn't mean that we're perfect, which that notion of Christians being perfect has to be thrown out the window. It's about the idea that a Christian 
is going to make mistakes, but we are looking at the standard, who is Jesus? And so the way he treated people, the way he spoke to people that no one wanted to speak to, that says a lot. Like he was approachable. He was kind, generally kind. And so I think that if you're listening to this podcast, work more on the living out, Christ-like in everyday versus telling people about because I even think about this. I remember being in Nordstrom when I worked at Nordstrom and I always shared the gospel people and people would then point at my life and they'd be like, and this is, I just had gotten saved and people would be like, yeah, like you're telling us about Jesus, but look at your life. Cause I was still figuring it out myself, but I thought I had to tell people about Jesus and, and make them, I made people cry. It was really, really bad. I remember making a girl cry and I was like, you know, I, it's funny because I just came from like youth camp and this is me being like 19. And I remember they were like, this is how you share the gospel. Are you a sinner? All right, then you're going to hell. But, you know, like, and they were just like, you know, and then I'd share that. And I remember sharing the way that they told me, like the way of the masters. I'd be like, all right, so have you ever sinned in your life? Yeah, yeah, I've probably messed up. All right, cool. So you need a savior or you're going to hell. Like the way I would present this gospel, I remember the girl just started crying and I was like, okay, this is not working and now nobody wants to talk to me. Nobody wants to be my friend because I made a girl that everyone loves inside my job cry. And so I just think to myself, if I was just to carry myself in a way that showed that I love Jesus, maybe it would be a little bit more effective. You know, I have this conversation quite a lot with my mom and I feel like so much of it is that like, we just have to be the example. Like we have to be Christ-like. I know that sounds deep or whatever and it sounds like perfectionistic but that's not the case it's like choosing to be kind instead of cussing someone out like active little things like that I think are the things that go I don't know what it is about this person but they're just slightly different they're not like the average person and it's because there's that anointing there's that light shining through you as a Christian and I feel like so much of the time Christians once they're once they're saved or once they're in a church or whatever it is they kind of I don't want to say like they kind of go in the Christian bubble sometimes and they're around Christians all the time. And it's like, if you were around Christians constantly, how, like if we're meant to go out and make disciples and to show people the love of Christ, if someone's been saved and you're showing them the love of Christ, that's great. But what about the people that God is placing right in front of you at the supermarket, um, in your job, like all of these places where we just interact with people at the gym. And like, I feel like those are the moments where, you don't have to be super religious, but just by being kind, for instance, like I think those are the things that people remember, you know? Um, I don't know. I feel like people overcomplicate it so much. Yeah. I mean, I'll end it like this. It's really easy to not be kind. Mm. And it's really, um, it's hard to live intentionally. And so God's called us to live lives that aren't by default, but intentionally, like nobody really has time in life, you know, like we make time for things we want. We make time to, for community and the word of God and worship and Sunday, like who wants to go to church really when you can have a day off? But we do these things because we don't live by default. We live intentional lives. And the goal is to look more like Jesus every day. What's going on, you guys? It's your boy Fern and you're listening to the Social Club Misfit Podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe. See you soon.